And in Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15. And that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa and Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used. America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. I lean back and I'm I'm deciding to sit in the comfy chair and I gave you the shitty chair. And to be I, fair, this is it's not shitty. It's just less than ideal. <laughs> I, I guess that's fair. But it, here's the thing, though. Like I, I worry about squeakage. You know what I mean? There's a lot of squeakage. I know, you're very on. anal about squeaks. I'm very anal about squeaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hey. sex thing. It's a chair thing. Hey, hey guys, welcome, welcome to, to the Necessary, necessary Bullshit podcast. podcast. We're an experimental, ongoing, unfortunately, conversation <laughs> between a progressive myself. And a libertarian, hey, probably. Yes, That's me. Yes, and we are always here to promote self-education, intellectual skepticism, and deep, 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 deep conversations. The deepest of conversations. Yeah, deep into the abyss. Deep into the abyss. Jaws deep. Uh, no, like like the not deep into your jaw, like the shark. Yeah, yeah the yeah, shark. Got, yeah, the sound, shark. It sounded yeah. better in my head, and then when yeah, I said it, it out yeah, loud, when it came out loud, I wanted to fucking With, shoot myself. I think we have two innuendos already in this episode just Sexual, right there yeah. in the first minute well to be fair this is a sex education po- oh i'm sorry <laughs> this is not this is wrong podcast yeah okay yeah, that's your other endeavor okay guys yeah. i promise it's not about masturbation anyway so uh welcome to episode 26 yes uh, we're finally over that first little hump Mm-hmm. Of that quarter yeah. quarter century hump yeah quarter <laughs> god can you imagine doing this for a quarter century yeah uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to make it that long. Yeah, probably not. Probably yeah. not. Not another 25 years. Anyway, uh, so for today's NBS News segment, we wanted to talk about the very, very hot topic right now. Not mm-hmm. the store hot topic, but President Trump, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is constantly in the news uh, here in the United States and I guess around the world. And <clears throat> Nancy Pelosi announced what was it yesterday that yes. she is uh, today's the 25th of September, 2019 that she recording. Yeah. Yeah. That she is going to push for uh impeachment investigation. Yes. And so I, I'm excited about this episode cause I told Ian it's been a hot minute since we've dived into politics and I think it's important for us to do that. And so this episode is going to be all politics. So for those of you that don't want to be offended, I am so sorry, but we're, Ian's probably going to offend you. I, just... I promise I'm not doing intentionally. Uh, but you, you know, maybe it might come around. Who knows? Yeah, because you, 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 your, your presence just offends me. <laughs> Why do you sit here and tolerate this? Man? <laughs> okay. So, no. So, anyway, let's get back on yeah. track here. I, I think it's important to 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 talk about that because you know we we have to know what triggered Nancy Pelosi to finally, you know, because she has been so. You know, not for. She's been very reluctant. Yeah. So there's even been there's been ongoing investigations. You know, from the Democrats, uh, different different committees that have been investigating Trump's conduct, and even some people in the Democratic Party have already been kind of pseudo calling them impeachment inquiries, even though it hasn't been labeled right. yet. Right. I Nancy, mean, and then yeah. the Mueller probe itself, you know, into yeah. the Russia into the Russia stuff was very much 
this way for the Democrats to be like, please, we got to find something to impeach him on. And exactly. And it's, that yeah, and it turns out really that there, you know this is a rough guesstimate. There's roughly I think there's I think there's two hundred and and eighteen. Dems in the House that are supporting an impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that means they're going to vote on it is another thing. However, enough people are supporting it to where if they did vote on impeachment articles in the House, it would pass. Yeah. If theoretically, if everybody that is for the inquiry is that's is in the House, forward. but the Senate is really where that's where yeah. we're going to get into some to some shade here, and that's yeah. what we're going to talk. So, However, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want? Should we give some background and let's why do? Let's this talk. Yeah. This? Let's talk okay. about Ukraine. Yeah. So, um, in July of this year, uh. A day after uh, the Mueller probe, or sorry, Mueller testified to Congress, President Trump gave a, he picked up the phone. He's like, hi, can I talk to my bestie over in Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the president of uh, Vladimir, sorry, Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, Zelensky. See, I'm butchering the name when I hey, was like giving you a hard time earlier. Yeah, it's usually, it's it. usually my <clears throat> job to butcher the name. So it's, it's nice to be on this side. That's okay. You know, it's nice to be, yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be on the fuck up. But man. Zelensky, uh, so, we'll just go there. Yeah, there we go. Vladimir so Zelensky. <clears throat> he called them up basically, uh, inquiring into, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden mm-hmm. in their I'm 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 a little fuzzy on the exact details but basically into the sort of uh corruption within the Democratic Party uh and within the Obama administration because Yeah, it was it was when <clears throat> when Biden was still vice president yeah. there was there was you know some things going on with the Ukraine and, and far as support and it, was, it was all based I think it was military based at the time and right. and they had sent like Hunter had went over there to to be like a delegate he was he was doing work yes. over there yes, 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 yes. um and you know th- that was <clears throat> obviously back in Obama's administration and now moving forward you know I, again whatever you want to link it causality here maybe we'll say this but you know Biden is currently leading um, as the the front runner so far, right for the democratic uh, for democratic uh, presidential, uh, presidential candidate. candidate, and I know that Trump is is desperate to win. So when you when you have eyes on the uh, on on the leader, the front runner here, you want to do anything in your power to kind of tarnish that. Yeah. So basically, there was so I mean, obviously, all of the president's calls are. Uh, I don't want to say tapped, but they are recorded. You know, by all of you know people required to do that sort of thing. And so, uh, you know, I'm, you know, again, being vague here, uh, there was a whistleblower who heard this conversation is like, I don't feel comfortable with our president saying this kind of thing, basically asking to look into a potential candidate when uh, he basically for personal gain. And so this whistleblower under the uh, whistleblower law um, put this forward very recently within uh, over the weekend. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and now, uh, the, I guess just today, the transcripts were, were, um, put out, uh, for people to read. And I guess, what was it yesterday or the day before Trump basically admitted to this conversation well, he did, but he kind of in in, in, a, in a different way. So yeah, the, the yeah. first thing to go to go back is the whistleblower wanted to come forward and then he was blocked by, by attorney general, William Barr. Right. And, that was a big controversy where, you know, a lot of the Democrats were like, just, you know, just do it anyway. Like, we'll mm-hmm. support you. And yeah. so you had this. And so then there was an intrigue there. You know, we're like, what is this whistleblower? Want? Like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, and then it kind of moves forward. We learned about the Ukraine call. And, you know, Trump is, is basically going, well, I didn't actually do that. But I did have a conversation, you know, yeah. and I'm just saying, like, look, if you got corruption in your country, you might want to take care of it. You know, it's yeah, just kind or of else you might get not get foreign aid. Right. And so that's yeah. the thing, too, that's a little bit difficult is you have to look 
And I think what what Trump is kind of banking on here is that most people won't look a little deeper, you know, because if you if you attack this and I think this is what Trump has been doing a lot of his presidency, he will he will talk about things surface level. Yeah. And then when people that look into that start to feel the implications of what he's meaning by the, the context of the situation. Yeah. Then people are like, well, how can you not? say that this is this way and he's like what are you talking about i didn't i didn't ask him i didn't straight out say hey <laughs> like yeah. so i think with like you know with like, no, you don't understand the right and so part of me of is like is, is trump lying or does trump legitimately believe in himself he goes well i didn't straight up say that if you inv-, like he, he's like i didn't say that i'm going to cut your funding if you don't <laughs> investigate joe biden like you can look at the transcripts i didn't say that it's like we didn't get him on a technicality right exactly but yeah. like for me it's like you know bringing it back to my i told ian off mic like bringing it back to my theater arts background look there are we know that in this world there are things that can be said without saying the thing that you want to say it's called subtext we've all understand it my best example of it um i even started to write about this in the book that i'm doing is that i talk about if you don't know what subtext means Think about a situation in your life where somebody that you're close to has told you that they're fine. Now, their words are, I'm fine. But are they, are they ever fine? Are they really ever fine? 100% of the time, they're fine. Oh, <laughs> they're not. Like, I never inquire further. I'm just, they're fine? Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. That's probably why you suck at relationships. Okay, anyway. And you're the married one. That's no, the, the funny part. One. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess I should yeah. shut my mouth. But yeah. no, the, the, the idea here is that we can say things and mean other things. Unfortunately. That's impossible. Unfortunately, yeah. And it just so happens that Donald Trump is really bad at it. And apparently, I mean, and this is kind of an average, and this is, might be a dig here, but it's a kind of an av- it's an average Republican kind of mind frame to be like, no, he didn't say it directly, so it's obviously not true. Yeah. You know, that's like that's like their go-to. You yeah, know? I guess so. That's definitely you giving some shade to the Republican exactly. Party. Uh, but don't worry, we will be talking about that later in the of second course. segment. Yeah. So, yeah, what I think is interesting here is that... You know, he he claimed in the press briefing that uh, Trump there's basically talking about foreign aid. Now the transcript transcript has been released and uh, he actually didn't mention anything about foreign aid from what I gather from it. It was mainly just about inquiring into Joe Biden and his son. And so yesterday, after hearing that this phone call took place, Nancy Pelosi finally decided to go forward with the impeachment when most of the Democratic Party has been pushing for this, especially uh, Elizabeth Warren, mm-hmm. uh, who will become uh, uh, important later on in the conversation. Yes. And so I just think now, now definitely we can I, I want you to give some background into what impeachment means, Josh. Yeah, yeah. But I sort of think that and we can explore this a little bit further uh, on in the episode that the impeachment of Donald Trump, at least the attempt to, is sort of a bad move for the Democrats, and I, I and I think this because first of all we're up we're coming up to an election year, yes, and it's one of those things that the base all his base already has reasons to vote for him again in a you know in a fervor, right? You know, for all the other things that's been happening in the last four years or three and a half years. And it just, to me, seems that impeachment is just another reason to get these people upset and to give the fuck yeah, you vote. Do you see what I mean? I, I, yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, there's still other timeline stuff that we have to acknowledge here. Of like, course. for example, it's I'm not yeah. saying that this is directly correlated, but you have when Nancy Pelosi kind of announced that they were going to officially begin the impeachment um, in- inquiry, they a little bit before that, William Barr, after he had gotten the transcripts of the conversation, was like, I don't see anything wrong here. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, so I'm going to release it unredacted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, smart, buddy. Smart, yeah. And yeah. so the thing is, is like, I don't see anything wrong here. And so I think with that, it's just like, uh, you know, I think maybe so I can, I can see where, you know, the Democrats are just like, well, um, I don't know if I would necessarily say that there's nothing wrong here because yeah. even though, again, this is talking about implication, you know? So I think right. that even though he didn't, he never said aid, they're both well aware that, um, you know, that w- our country aids their country. Yeah, yeah. And there are certain implications there. And here's the thing. You have to look well, at... At least you would think Trump is aware well, of that. Well, no. So here's the thing. I, I basically think that, you know, Ukraine is aware of that. Yeah. Basically what I mean is this. What is Trump? Trump, words are nothing. Actions are more important. At least in my perspective, what sure. you do speaks volumes as to what you say. And that being said, we have learned that within his own party, Trump runs his office very mobbish where it's like, you know, if I don't like you or if you're going against me, I'm going to fire you. You know what I mean? There's not very, look at John Bolton. You're fired. Yeah. Look at John Bolton. Yeah. Like deuces, John. Yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah, what? for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's just one of those things where he's just like, oh, by the way, like, John Bolton is gone. He's yeah, gone, by the way. We, and yeah, and, and like, you look at, you know, you look at Trump. He's like, well, you know, you know, you know he's the hawk and. You're just very sharp guy, and I just you know, we didn't agree on a lot of stuff, and it's like dude, gone. Yeah. So it's like you know, look at how many people have been. You know, it's like a rotating door in Trump's administration. Just yeah, high turnover have, rate. Yeah, yeah. high so turnover call, rate. Yeah. yeah, it's like he's he's like he's managing a restaurant. Yeah. So it's like you know, <laughs> but so I can see <laughs> where a few where, people in the back keeping their heads down. You know, right. So think about that. So think about the conduct of how he runs his office. About how like you know, for example, if you're not giving me a good deal, I'm gonna slap tariffs on you. You know, if yeah. you're not giving me a good deal, I'm pulling out of that deal. Yeah. You know, he's doing all kinds of shit. So he's kind of like... He plays in ultimatums. Yeah. You know, so I, I learned this. I, it kind of reminds me, he, as a chess player... Okay, let me let me talk about this. I've been I've been into chess lately. So I, I found out that there's this move called bong watering. Like a lame ass. Sorry. Yep. There's this move <laughs> called bong watering in chess. And I just learned about it. And I thought it was pretty funny. It's a pretty average move. So the, the concept of the move is, is if you are a very unexperienced chess player and you know that you're playing an experienced chess player... An experienced chess player will will kind of figure out their their future moves based on moves that they might think you do, like think you're going to do off of what they set up. Yeah. So when you bong water somebody, it's when you basically do the most ridiculous random move, because when you do that move, this like grandmaster is going to have a hard time like. Because basically, what the, the it's the, like he, the 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 expert thinks you're playing seriously, even though you're not very yes, good. I, and you're like, I know I'm not good, so I'm going to fuck exactly. With it. So the underlying concept of bong watering is you can't control chaos. Um, is kind of where he's going <laughs> yeah, for it. And so what I think Trump is doing is like all these players in this chess game of politics, like know what they're doing. And he seems to be somebody that doesn't. So I think when a Ukraine there, when you get a phone call from president Trump and he goes, I think you should look into Biden. And then that, the, in the Ukraine president just goes, okay, well, uh, Somebody did this that Trump didn't like. They got fired. Somebody did this that Trump didn't like. They got slapped with tariffs. Somebody that did this that Trump didn't like. They did that. Okay, well, uh, I got to answer. You know, if I don't tell him the answer, maybe that he wants to hear or that the answer because you you learn yeah, who that knows conduct what happens to our exactly. Yeah. You you don't know the chaos that'll be brought to you the next day, right. depending yeah. on that. So it's like for me, I just think that. You know, I do agree with the Dems in the sense of there's just you have to think there's a little more context to how Trump's behavior has been in the past and how that might influence what you're talking to the person you're talking to, even if you don't specifically say directly what you're meaning. Yes. Hence your rant about subtext earlier. So, yeah, I, I, what I think is... Uh, I really want to hit that message home, baby. Yeah, I know. I know. You're all about that. You know, and I'm all about not caring. So um, I think... Uh, we won't go too much longer on here, but you know, 
in going along with those lines, Josh, I think so. I heard something interesting yesterday. I I listened to the Five Thirty Eight uh, Politics podcast, great podcast, um, and then the Reason podcast, uh, both about these uh, sort of reach. It was like right before. Um, the transcripts were released. And so what Peter Suderman of the Reason podcast was saying that he he almost thinks that pod that sorry podcast uh, that Trump almost wants to be impeached in a way that he like because think about him admitting to this conversation. Now, granted, he's, you know, was very much in the line of uh, talking about foreign aid, but he was just like, yeah, I had this conversation. I asked him to look into Biden. So what? And it's like one of those things where shouldn't he ought to know what he's saying or is he just that fucking vacuous? You know, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's difficult just, to tell. It, you know, does really... he really want the presidency? I mean, like there was, when he got elected, there was, uh, you know, jokes going around all, among all the uh, late night talk show hosts that like, he didn't actually think it, he would win the, the presidency is like, Oh my God, this is a lot more complicated than I thought. It was yeah. Maybe, be, I don't know. Pick you your know. poison. I mean, like it's going to be him redrawing maps claiming that this hurricane is going to hit Alabama. You know, is it going to be that <laughs> like, is it, you know, is it like, it, it wasn't him paying off a, you know, paying off a, a porn star. Like it was, you know, that it was like, it was my lawyer. Right. Said, so I'm just like, <laughs> it's just crazy. You know, it's just, and that's the weird thing too. It's just like, I don't think, I don't think I've seen any other president have their lawyers go on TV more <laughs> than Trump's. It's just yeah. like, like, you know, it's just like I, it, maybe Bill Clinton had his lawyer during that whole thing, go on talk shows, but it's just like, I Rudy did, Giovanni's been yeah. all over the place. However, yeah. uh, the lot, you know, I know we're kind of cautious on time here, so I wanted to go over the impeachment proceeding process. Yes, for those yeah. that may not know what what would happen next, and then possibly, you know, I never kind of answered my two cents. You basically said it was a bad move to go into impeachment inquiry. Maybe I'll play devil's advocate and maybe argue why it might be a good move. Um, so when you start this, so the Constitution states, and I quote. The president, vice president, and all civil offices of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and convicted of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. That's what the Constitution says. Right. Now, you can have Trump's interpretation, as he's famously said during one of his interviews, where he's like, oh, I don't, you know, you have to have high crimes and misdemeanors. <laughs> And I don't think that and no implies, collusion, no yeah, collusion. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have high crimes and misdemeanors. So yeah, it's like, they've got to um, come together. It's like, I'm like no, you, you really hit, you, you really punctuated that and pretty strongly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you? Would you mean by that? Yeah, <laughs> I did not have high crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah. <laughs> You're like uh, what? Um, so basically, when Pelosi announced that um, that there's going to be impeachment inquiry, that means that either the House Judicial Committee or a House Select Committee will be formed to do, do this investigation. And what they will do is they will draft up articles of impeachment. Yeah. Once they draft up the articles, they present them to the House of Representatives, which, which they will debate on, and uh, they will vote on the different articles of impeachment. They just need a simple majority, so just over half, yeah. on only one of them. Mm -hmm. There could be several articles in the pitch, but if one of them passes, he's technically impeached from the House. Yeah. This, is where sh this is where it gets fun. Yeah. Then it moves to the Senate. And much more complicated. This is going to be much more complicated because the first thing, the Senate has to hold a trial on the impeachment articles and they debate again on exactly what the impeachment articles state. And then the Senate votes to either convict or acquit. And they need a two thirds majority vote in order to convict. That is the only time that he can actually leave office. So I found out that we have, you know, to give a little history, Andrew Jackson and Bill Clinton were the only two presidents in history to ever be impeached, but they were not voted out of office. Right. And then you had Nixon, who 
basically resigned before his, before he, before his impeachment be process went yeah. through because I felt like he's like, shit, I'm going to be the first president in U.S. history to actually be kicked out of office. Yeah. And here's another thing that scares me. So I agree with you in the sense of this. Mitch McConnell. Connell. Yeah. Mitch <laughs> McConnell. Connell. Mr. Turtle. So yeah. here's the thing about Mitch McConnell. The Constitution is a little vague. It says the Senate will hold a trial. So there's a few things that Mitch McConnell can do. So he is the ultimate stonewaller. So what he could do is this just is refuse to hold a trial. Um, elections are coming up, so oh, we need a trial. He could stonewall it there. Or the odds of the, of the Senate giving a two-thirds majority, not going to happen. Yeah. However, I think that when you finally go into an impeachment inquiry, I think what it does is... It, I think it maybe makes the validity of your investigations more serious. Sure. I mean, yeah. An so, impeachment is serious. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, what you can imagine is, is it, maybe you, you can use the argument of, you know, because again, like we've, we've talked about this in an, earlier, in an earlier podcast, but I think that something is shady to me if Trump is, is fighting so hard with lawsuits to, to, to not show his tax returns. And, yeah, and I, the reason why I say that, and again, like we've discussed earlier, but I'll, I'll rehash this. Again, everybody has their right to privacy, and I agree to that, except when you decide to become the most powerful position running the country. And if you're going to run the United States, that like privacy as far as your tax returns, I think that you should be open with that. I, that's just my opinion. If you're going to be the president of the damn country, then you should be a little bit more open. And the fact that he's hiding it so, fighting it so hard, is just it just doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. So you could have this argument of, well, maybe Trump, if it does kind of go in the House, if, if, if they try to do the Republican slandering thing that they always do, you can use that as a counter-talking point of being like, look, they don't even want to like, look at this seriously. And if it is conduct, then they can maybe try to show the Republican Party as no longer standing for the Republican values. They're just now doing everything in their power to support Trump. So I think what yeah. you're trying to see here is maybe a separation between Trump and the Republican Party. Now, however, I think the latest poll I just saw from Washington Post, he's like still has 91% of Republican yeah. support. Yeah, yeah. Most likely not going to happen. I mean, it could change. I, you know, I mean, it, I, I guess it just depends on how hard the Democrats push. Right. So um, the only thing I can think of is like, again, going back to my chess metaphor here is, is I know that they're not going to impeach him, but hopefully that doing this move will allow them to captivate on a few moves down the road when it comes time for election day on November 3rd and 2020. Yeah. That's the only thing I think of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we'll leave it there Yeah, uh, because most of the stuff that I have with that, I think relates more to the debates. Fair enough. Potential, yeah. the, uh, potential of Elizabeth Warren coming up. So, um, why don't we take a quick break? Yep. Uh, you can hear our fun new little ad yep. and, um, yeah, we'll come back and we're going to talk about, the uh, Democratic and Republican debates. Hell yeah. More politics when we return. On right after this. Right after this. Thank the you for days listening. Days of our lives. Thank you for listening to NBS News. Hey everyone. Josh and Ian here. And if you're hearing this, whether you're a first time listener or you're a seasoned bullshitter, we want to thank you for listening, and honestly, we could not do this without you. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to take a minute to explain to you guys the goal of the podcast and share some ways that you might be able to support us. You know, we want to promote self-education, intellectual skepticism, and deep conversations. Very deep. Very, very deep. Because we have found that within our current culture, it's been increasingly more difficult to talk to one another. I mean, I, sh- I have to talk to Ian the whole time. Yeah, and I have to listen to him. So if you're enjoying our content and our podcast goals do resonate with you, we are working to expand. 
So there are a few ways to help us grow. Yes, you can follow us on social media over at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NecessaryBSPod. Or you can visit our website and subscribe at www.NecessaryBSPodcast.com. And hey, and if you're already at our website, you might as well hop over to the support page. And you can either give a one-time donation via PayPal, or you can just subscribe to our Patreon, which is brand new. And we have different tiers, which includes perks and benefits for those wonderful enough to want to give us your money. As much money as you possibly can. Please. All of it. But you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we're on all other major podcast platforms. Lastly, you can reach out to Ian and I personally at NecessaryBSPodcast at gmail.com. Now, can we get enough of this talking and get back to us talking? Yeah. Let's get back to the bullshit. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Yes, welcome. Yeah, so we are finally, finally fulfilling Josh's fantasy and talking about himself. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean the debates. The debates, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like first debate went by, we didn't cover it. Second debate went by, we didn't cover it. Like third debate just happened, and I'm just like, Ian. I was out of town. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was just like, Ian, what are we doing? Why are we not yeah. talking about these debates? It's like, oh, you know, we just had you know other interesting stuff that we're doing, but we knew that we'd eventually talk about it. And let's be honest here, it really is probably not going to start getting real fun until about debate four or five. Um, yeah, you know, sometime get, sometime in 2020 it'll get really yeah, it'll get yeah. real interesting in 2020. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, I think it's 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 good. We we again we loved we want to talk about politics in this podcast is one of the many things that we cover. Yeah. Um, but we feel it's, it's important, important to kind of get into the weeds here because yeah. we are moving into election year. And again, this is why this is politics to me is the epitome of necessary bullshit. It's it's the stuff that it's like. Look, a lot yeah. of people may not like politics. It's bullshit from every other standpoint. However, it does dictate and runs our lives, so it's necessary to understand what the hell's going on. Absolutely. I mean, and just go back to our episode number uno when mm-hmm. we were under the off the rails uh, guys, and I mean, the politics was at the the forefront of that episode, and, and I think <clears throat> one of the main reasons why we do the podcast anyway is because almost everything that we talk about has some inherent. Uh, politicalness yes. to it, you little, know, to make up weight. a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's political <laughs> weight to it. Uh, so <clears throat> one of the first things we wanted to cover was the recent Republican uh, debates that happened uh, yesterday mm-hmm. on the 24th of September. Um, it was two candidates. <laughs> two candidates. There, well, there's technically yeah. four running, but one yeah. of them backed out. And then well, the other one of one... them had a scheduling conflict. Yeah, one of them had a scheduling conflict. Trump declined to and, answer. Yeah, obviously, to the, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> for what, obvious reasons, Trump, I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe it would be really funny to see him there. That would it, it would have been hilarious to see him there. I would love to see him try to do that. But I think Trump just would have talked shit to him. Yeah, but I think Trump has that. Has that? What's that classic idiom? The, the a lion doesn't concern himself. Oh, the, the the Game of Thrones. A lion doesn't a lion doesn't concern himself with the thoughts of the sheep. Right. Yeah. So I think that's probably where Trump's heads at for this. Are you saying? Are you equating? Donald Trump with Cersei Lannister. I'm a, I'm equating. He's that, definitely not that smart. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is he probably thinks that he is a lion and they are the sheep. Yeah, when in fact he is just the biggest sheep of them all. So, uh, Business Insider hosted the debates. Yes, they uh, did. They were online. Uh, Josh is totally not laughing at my uh, jokes here. No, it was, so, uh, that, one was that one was bad. That, that was, was bad. I, it's 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 for the rest he's, of you. Uh, he's the the ultimate sheep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I heard. That's I'm trying to make them laugh. Josh. Oh, sure, okay. yeah, sure, okay, yeah. So, uh, so the two candidates that uh, I I don't even want to say qualified because they just they were there. Uh, <laughs> so, so it was uh, Joe Walsh, who is a congressman from 
a state, and then Bill <laughs> Weld is the governor of Minnesota, I believe. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, interesting facts here. Bill Weld was the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party back in 2016 with <laughs> Gary Johnson. Uh, I'm sorry to call myself a libertarian yeah, <laughs> as yeah. I'm talking about. I that. know you could you could even get that sentence out without it's chuckling. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, oh God, it hurts deep. Hits home, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and so they, <laughs> the entire debate, it's just a sad, sad. It's show. sad. I mean, you know, I just love you know. Just, but it was really casual. It was at the ca- same no, time, was, which I liked. What I like, what I kind of <laughs> liked about it too is, is it wasn't also just casual. It's like, you know, I really respect that guy over there on that other podium. Yeah. I just respect the guy two feet away from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were like really, they were like ang- angled. Like, I understand it's stage angling where you have to angle them to like, they're like of, facing the monitor. You, but they're also the like facing the crowd. Then, you can yeah. see them, but it's yeah. just like it, it, I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm so used with this huge shit show that is the Democratic debates yeah. that when we got to that, I'm like, oh look how adorable it is. There's just two of them up there, like, and there's probably like in the audience. I can't imagine like more than 200. people And the mediators, there. Yeah. like you can see them shuffling. They're like a little nervous, like stumbling on the questions just a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. It was just it was just adorable. I mean, and they're, they're both just loving on each other. I'm just like, this is hilarious. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Truly bizarre. It was a yes. bizarre show. Yes. Um, so I guess to start off with, they, I mean, the theme of that debate was how much can I hate Trump? Mm-hmm. You know, which was great, you know, but that was pretty much the only I thing. I mean, it was, was kind said. of like, a, it was kind of like, a, you know, don't, they're, they're kind of like trying to take this stance of, you know what, and again, I, I bring this up a few times and it's kind of you know old news now, but it rem, they, they remind me of whoever the Republican was that wrote that op-ed in the New York Times about, you know, hey, I know Trump's doing all this stuff, but we're checking him here. We're doing this there. Basically, there are a few, there's a small group of Republicans that want to distance the Republican Party from Trump. Yeah. You know, just a very small bit of them. And you can really see that. Mm -hmm. This was literally, that was almost absorbed every talking point. Yeah. was linking back to how Trump is doing it wrong and how this is how Republican values should be or this is how we do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, you know, I took some loose notes here. Sure. There wasn't, again, the, it was mainly like how much can I shoot on Trump the entire time, but there was definitely some of the questions posed to them uh, were interesting, I thought. So um, the, first off, they both were giving the classic, like, what do you do about taxes? How do you feel about tax cuts? And they're both like, yeah, tax cuts are great. Right. Um, Joe Walsh was definitely more in favor of, and it, he was asked later on too about this, about like he would, he thinks that tax cuts for the wealthy is sort of a bad move and we should be focusing on the middle class, which I thought, I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. That's not exactly the most, you know, normal thing to say. Uh, Bill Weld was generally uh, just like, yeah, tax cuts are great. Um, as far as the environment goes, uh, I thought this was interesting that, Bill Weld came out in strong, strong favor of recognizing human change, human caused climate change, which is honestly I quite refreshing. Yeah, I guess um, you know is he he called himself a longtime environmentalist. He said the Republican Party, for uh, uh, for instance, had has a long history of environmentalism, which is true. You know, Theodore Roosevelt was very much a, a conservationist when it came to that. Um, but and also, Joe, it's like you know, it's it's important too to understand that you know, with Greta coming over here and and the uh, climate activist from Sweden, I believe, yeah. and she's been kind of all over the place. And oh, I know, just, I've been seeing her all over the right. Place, so just, br- just bringing it up and and just kind of like taking that to the <clears> forefront. <throat> and you can you can see here like the Republicans wanting to 
finally captivize yeah. on on that global c- climate change talking point. Yeah, you know? exactly. And and Joe Walsh uh, himself was sort of jumping on that bandwagon, mm-hmm. bandwagon saying that like, look, it's we need to step up to the plate, you know, we don't want to be left behind because we don't want the Democrats uh taking their place, which I kind of think it's a little bit too late for that. Um he did say that he thought the Green New Deal from AOC was obviously out of whack, which I share my sentiments to, but the problem with criticizing the Green New Deal is that it wasn't – it's not like a plan. No. It's like here's something I would like as a congresswoman, you know, which – Well, and I think too it's you have to – like that classic, again, another idiom where it's like you know, if you shoot for the moon, you'll land in the stars kind of thing. So I think it's like yeah. you – you know, if you, if you – boom, if I'm going to put this really bold policy there, then maybe, you know – when it comes down, we might get some of this. Uh, who knows? Yeah, but yeah. that's kind I, of I, I think I that's a terrible way to govern. But uh, you know, but I guess some people have. Yeah, that. but I guess if you link back to that, a lot of people claim the counter argument there is like, well, you know, that's the same thing with the with the with the moon race or you know, landing on the moon. I, yeah, I guess so. But but I mean, in, in that regard, we wanted yeah. to beat the Soviets, and so we had some strong like competition gotta, there. Yeah, there's so there's a lot of money involved. In, yeah, yeah. And, and it's really hard because we have no we have no villain in this in this race. You know what I mean? So yeah, the American people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, or, in my view, capitalism. <laughs> just kidding. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding, but I'm kidding. Yeah. He's, not kidding, but I'm he's, kidding. He's I'm totally kidding. fucking serious about this. <laughs> he's going to sell all his shit. He's going to get rid of all. He's going to complete... Anyway, so uh, moving on, they talked about tariffs. Uh, Bill Well, they were both very much uh, in, in favor of getting rid of the tariffs, uh, which is... It makes sense. They seem to be a little bit more sensible. But again, it's and it's it's again it's it's a terrible way to govern. In my opinion, yeah. it's like what he's doing is he's just gaslighting. He's just like, really? I'm creating yeah. a problem that I'm that I'm saying I'm that this is how you can fix how you can fix it. And they're like they're like, but I don't want to fix it that way. And they're like, yeah, but you have this problem. And then they're so, like, but you, but, but you yeah, just but you, made it. you you just you are the reason for that problem. Yeah. And then Trump's like, I'm not understanding whether or not it's holding. It's kind of like you know vandalizing your home or like breaking down somebody's door and then coming up to them like a little bit after. I'm like, you see that fucking broken door? You know what? I can fix that for you. I'll charge you you know like fifty dollars an hour. It's like, Wait, you just broke that? Yeah, but you have a broken door and I can fix it. Yeah, it's like, but you yeah, like just... using our tax dollars to fund medication and then recharging us for it. You know, what I mean, just like that. Just... I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, look at him. He, he, we have a good back and forth. Yeah, well, yeah, we do. Um, so uh, they were, uh, yeah, they were definitely in favor of getting rid of the tariffs. Um, on China, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Joe Walsh sounded exactly like fucking Trump when it came to uh, China. Basically, he was saying that we need to be tough on China, and they are walking all over us and stealing our jobs and. The very, very much similar rhetoric that Trump had, and, and and I didn't really hear anything differently. And it's like, okay, well, why are you different than Trump? Uh, Bill Weld didn't really have anything new to add, except his view just seemed much more moderate. He was just yeah. like, look, our relationship with China is complicated. We need to be in constant negotiations with them. And he never seemed on the attack on China. I mean, like, they're the second largest economy on the planet. Like, we can't just deal with them idly and and impractically i, right. I think he sees but, it you know they go back you know you're right weld is more of a moderate and the thing with yeah. walsh too is the thing about with walsh that gets me is like you know even your even your biggest question i know why i mean walsh does have his 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 kind of ideas and policies are, are very 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 similar to trump's but i think the, the difference is welds you think welds yeah yeah, not, okay. yeah not welds sorry Walsh, 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 Walsh. Yeah, Walsh. Yeah, yeah. they're so similar. Walden Walsh, I know, Walden Walsh. Yeah, yeah, Wal- Walden Walsh. I thought for a long time that Joe Walsh was related to John Walsh, the host of America's Most Wanted, but they're not. They're not related. Yeah, they even look the same, uh, very similar. They're not oh. related. 
Thank you. Fun fact that nobody needed. Fun fact that nobody needed. Sorry for the waste of air. <laughs> but I think what really, what he's trying to do here is basically state that even though I agree with the same sentiments, I don't agree with Trump's pathway to achieving those goals. So I think they have similar goals, but where Welsh is, differs is the pathway. He thinks that you don't have to lie. You don't have to be sure. shady. You don't have to, you know, have this. At least until recently. He <laughs> At least until yeah. recently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know what I mean? He's We're, got some sketchy background. Yeah. yeah. And there, you have that look too. And it's just like, all right, guys, it's just like, it's been four years. There's not been a peep out of you. And, and now all of a sudden it's, it's getting close to election time. And, and here's, and yeah. you know, I guess I say not out of a peep. I mean, they could have, I'm going to give them credit just from what I've heard. I've not heard any of these gentlemen uh, be so open as they have been coming up to this election sure. is yeah. what I'm trying sure. to allude to That's here. Fair. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on, um, we can skip over some of this as far as energy use. Uh, they were both relatively uh, on board with getting out of the Middle East and, and, and uh, not using foreign oil as much um, when talking about fossil fuels and, and specifically climate change. Uh, Joe Walsh was saying that, like, yes, we should re uh, use renewables, but we'll never get rid of fossil fuels. Uh, he, I wish that he could have gone more into detail of it, but he never really was given a chance. Uh, and then Bill Weld was pretty much that, like, yeah, we can remove uh, fossil fuels to an extent, but really we should be working with renewables and nuclear power. I was very much uh, glad about that. Um, this, I think, is interesting is when asked about uh, gay marriage and support for the LGBTQ plus community. I'm sorry, that didn't mean to sound dismissive. Yeah, so Joe Walsh has had a history of of basically being anti-gay marriage and has said some very disparaging things about the LGBT He's also been a community. racist. Just, a, just <laughs> slightly. Just, a, just slightly. Touch racist there. Uh, especially with Obama's presidency. Yep, 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 um, yep. And when pushed about that, you know, he... He was stumbling over his words, and he, you know, he basically like, look, man, I, you know, it's the law of the land. It's the law of the land now. I have no problem supporting gay marriage. It's the law of the land. It's like, okay, well, what about before it was law? You know, like he didn't seem to be for it then. You know, you just seem to be backing into a corner here. Whereas Bill Weld, I thought, was very honest in the sense that like he's helped uh, gay people get married, and he's hired. Um, uh, people from the LGBT community onto many different government positions. So he seemed relatively uh, progressive, for lack of a better word, sure. uh, in that front. Um, they, when asked about political correctness, they rambled on without going anywhere about mm -hmm. how they hated it, um, but with was without substance, I feel. Um, and then uh, for gun violence, another little hot topic... Uh, Joe Walsh seemed to be completely in favor of federal uh, uh, universal background checks, mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. Um, it's not very typical for a Republican. Uh, Bill Weld, he was definitely pro-gun, but he didn't really... He, he was more of suggesting that like the red flag laws... Uh, we should be following those kind of ideas. So basically, if back to the mental health, yeah, yeah, they definitely, they definitely both. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. we both. should look at mental mm -hmm. health. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, that's not the full picture. But, but as far as the red flag laws goes, I was actually a little worried about this. You know, I don't. It sounds like pre-crime a lot to me. Where you know, if somebody is having some 
dangerous or reckless behavior they could be they could either have their guns taken away from them or they could be not allowed to buy guns what's that movie is that the minority report minority report yep, yeah where they can Pre-crime. predict yep yep yeah. okay yeah. there you go um so that was ruined to me um let's see i think that's yeah it's... that's largely all i mean it's just interesting it was... to talk about i mean let's be honest yeah. here trump is gonna get the nomination yeah i mean yeah. it's pretty um and and on that and on that note, I'll I'll add one more thing here before we end. But sure. on that note about the nomination, so they were both asked, you know, like what's the point in running when we obviously know that Trump is going to get uh, get the nom- the nomination, and they both had a really similar answers, which I actually thought was relatively genuine. That it's they are trying to run f- to rebrand the Republic- the Republican Party, or yeah. at least take it back to a better view than it, than it was before, you know, like old Republicanism. I mean, I think uh, Bill Weld is saying that this is not the, the party of, of Reagan anymore or Nixon or Lincoln. It's it completely warped. It's more of the Trump party rather than the Republican mm-hmm. party. And that shows, as you said earlier, I mean, it's rel- well over 90% Republican favored that Trump has. Um, uh, yeah, support. but it, yeah, and it and, depends. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, in my opinion, the Republican Party, you know, hasn't stood for anything more until the you know evangelical Christian kind of aspect just in, yeah. invaded into into the into the into the party. But let's kind of move steam here. And, one one quick thing oh, sorry, I do want to add ahead, uh, on healthcare. They were both, uh, they both said that individual choice was important. For when it comes to choosing your health care, but Joe Wall specifically was saying that the federal government, the federal government, not just state governments, needs to get involved into supporting people who choose their health care. Interesting. That's, yeah. That's, so, that's, that's also not so you. I, so I, I think that last thing I'll say then on on that point is is you did bring up a few few instances where you're like, okay, well, this isn't what we would think of as as modern Republican talking points. Yeah. And then of course, so as you said, the gen, the the genuineness of them being like, look, we want to redefine. You know what what it means to be Republican. So I yeah. think this aspect of like, okay, look, there are certain things that have been so kind of boiled over that we, you know, we're not maybe as far one way as you might think, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe they're trying to appeal to to a broader base of uh, of Republicans that that may have either been on the fence or that may have voted for Trump and may not be quite as happy with Trump's progress. And it, it's kind of hard to ignore because you look at you know because again I I'm, I'm donating to Andrew Yang's campaign. And one of the things he's promoting is he's polled some Trump voters, and I guess Biden has also shown numbers of of polling uh, past Trump voters. I think I could see that. Um, so I think even even in the slightest, if I if I was a Republican wanting to run, and I, I'm starting to see evidence of of potential voters that are starting to move sway, then maybe I, I would want to capitalize on that. So I yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I can agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, let's get to the juiciness of the Democratic debates because this is yeah. where. This is where it gets hot. This yeah. is where yeah. we're trying to find who is going to go up against Trump 2020. Yeah. Can we talk about real quickly how uh, Joe Biden had a stroke on <laughs> stage? <laughs> Talking about record players and all that kind of jazz. Like, yeah, well, we're going to get there. <laughs> so, just, I'm sorry. Um, I just I saw that clip and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. I probably don't think I'm going to go as far as stroke, but here we go. So yeah. <laughs> um, let's give some background here just yeah. to kind of fill people in. So the first debate was hosted by NBC and it was in June and it was in Miami. Second debate was hosted by CNN and that was in Detroit in July. Third debate that just recently happened in September here was hosted by ABC in Houston. And now the fourth debate coming up is going to be co-hosted by the New York times and CNN. That's going to be on October 15th in Ohio. So 
And then we don't know the exact details. However, the fifth debate will be in November and the sixth debate will be in December. And then as we follow forward, February 3rd, 2020 is the Iowa caucus. The 11th of February is the New Hampshire primary. The 22nd is the Nevada caucus. The 29th is South Carolina um, Democratic primary. And then November 3rd, fast forward even further, November 3rd, 2020 is the election day. Here we come, baby. Oh, my Lord. That day is going to be so exciting. The stakes have never been higher. As a theater person, you always want to make the stakes as as high as possible. (laughs) And this one's going to be a doozy. I can't wait for Trump to win. <laughs> I, hey, you, I mean, you have a lot of stake. Your first article on your on, on your on your blog states yeah, that. So yeah, yeah. the thing is, is that for the first couple debates, they, the the candidates only needed one percent in the polls, and they had to acquire um, sixty five sixty five thousand unique donors. Yeah. Now let's just move to the most current debate. As far as the second or the third and the fourth debate are the same requirements, however. Uh, for the fourth debate, it just gives candidates a little bit more time to reach these goals. Yeah, they have um, until the, th- the first. For the yes, October debate, 1st yeah. for the fourth debate. So what we have here so is you, coming need, up. Yeah, you need 130 unique donors. 130,000. Oh, just a, no, just 100. <laughs> <laughs> just, can, you just get, can you just get 100 you people? Just get 100 people yeah, and then you're yeah, in. They, don't even, they only have to donate like five bucks. Yep. <laughs> no, a dollar. A dollar. This we're going to get into this because I feel like it's a part of some I, unique I stuff. I agree. Yeah. So, um, so Ian is right. It's one hundred thirty thousand unique donors, and you need to you need to be polling, I believe, two percent in at least four polls. Right. And these are actual credited polls. Yeah. Um, it's not just any poll. Yeah. It's, you can't go out and ask your neighbor. Yeah. It's it's a poll that, that is that is, that is validated through the DNC. Right. Yeah. Um. And so whether or not that's valid is on a whole nother. Well, at at least for them. So (laughs) let's talk about some people that have dropped out of the race. So, Ian, you have this nice little fancy Nancy graph. So we have a plethora of candidates. So let's kind of run through who is in, who's out. And just then we'll start talking. Fantastic. So I am pulling this from Washington Post. Uh, They're a website. So, so uh, it's a paper uh, owned by Amazon. Uh, yeah, uh, are they? I believe they are. Oh well, shit. I'm not. You have to. Well, we'll fact check me on that. Yeah, we will. Maybe uh, I'll. Can fact we get check some myself. fact checkers? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna fact that? check myself. So uh, right now, the um, the candidates who are currently running is uh, Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Castro, Gabbard, Harris, Globachar, O'Rourke, Sanders, Warren, Yang, Steyer, Bennett, Delaney. Ryan, Williamson, Massam, and Sestic. I don't know all of their first names. I'm just giving you the last names. You should know who they are at this point. <laughs> I mean, look it up. Uh, but the people who... Yes, we're lazy yeah, here yeah. at Necessary BS. Yeah. We're not but, gonna... So, I mean, you know you know the big I know, you know that. We're going to get into the yeah, big, the big hitters, hitters. And, yeah. and the most importantly, the, 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 the 10 that just qualified. And we're, exactly. We're there, yeah, right? and so, so the... the, the People who have recently qualified for the fourth upcoming debate on October 15th is Joe Biden, Cory Booker, uh, Pete Buttigieg, right? Uh, Castro, Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, surprisingly, who didn't qualify for the third debate, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Globajar, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Andrew Yang, and then that billionaire Steyer. What was his first yeah, name? Yeah, Tom, I think. Tom yeah, Steyer? he didn't qualify for any of the any other debates. Any other debates. And just and randomly, he, here he is. Yeah, I mean, he is a billionaire. Uh, yeah, so he paid for his donors. Yeah, (laughs) he's like, if you join my campaign, I'll give you money. Yeah, and Andrew Yang's like, hey, that's what I want to do. Yeah, 
Here's also something to leave. Uh, um, quick so- in, not to interject here. Um, <laughs> fact check myself. In October 2013, the paper's longtime controlling family, the Graham family, sold the newspaper to Nash Holdings, a holding company established by Jeff Bezos, for $250 million in cash. Oh, it's only $250 million. Trump, Trump change. Uh, Trump change? Yeah. I see what you did there. See what I did there? Okay. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so those are the upcoming debates that are who people were qualified. So why don't we get into the third shit show debate uh, that Josh so wonderfully uh, called it? Uh, yes. Yeah. I I unfortunately didn't watch it, um, but I <laughs> I heard. Uh, well, I mean, I you have I extensive notes, and and I, I heard funny. many many a maymays uh, from it. Yes. So. And, and, and here's the thing too, like if you didn't catch it, like, so for me, like I was telling you, and thankfully uh, the, the debates have happened to fall on my days off. So it's been really nice um, to be able to chance to kind of sit down and watch yeah. these in fruition. So the, the thing is, is that the segment, so the reason why I called them a shit show is for the, th- we'll, we'll focus on the third debate here. They were given a one minute and 15 second time to answer a direct question and then 45 seconds for a rebuttal. Now, I don't care... It's a decent amount of time, but... See, I disagree. I don't think there's a decent amount of time at all. Like, and I know you have a lot of candidates, so you have to kind of get it that way, because yeah. this debate was three hours, you know what I mean? So <sighs> I, I, get I get it. rough. I get it. However, you know, when you're covering policy, when you're talking about healthcare, gun control, immigration, like, all these huge things, it's like, I'm sorry, but I don't really think I'm going to truly understand what your entire point is on healthcare in a one minute and 15 second response. Of course. I mean, but I think that's why we have so many of these debates because it's trying to separate the wheat from the chaff. Sure. Sure. And I get that. However, the rhetoric of the questions being asked, I also had a problem with, you know, it was, it was, you know, it seems to me it was, it was truncated to, to trying and, and get a like sound bit out. Like I'm going to get the most little information out in this. And it was also like narrowed, like for example, hence the uh, flaws in American democracy. Exactly. So when you talk about, you know, for healthcare, it drove me nuts. You, you, you ask questions of like, so are you going to raise the taxes of the middle class? And then they're trying to provide context of like, okay, well, if I just say yes to that, like you are not understanding any context of what that means. There's no, like you have to take how our economy is ran and then end plug what that would mean. Like for everybody, you yeah. can't just say, "Oh, is it going to raise taxes?" Well, if you just say yes, there's no like, there's no substance yeah. there. There's what no it's mean? it's, yeah. it's vacuous. It's 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 hollow. It's nothing. And they kept trying to, and then you have Bernie that's just like calls them out for their bullshit, which I love. That it's like <laughs> Bernie's just like, I bet you that the 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 big you know, health companies are going to be advertising during this this thing about why universal health fight and then sure enough like even the second debate he said that and sure enough they're advertising during it so it's just like exactly. you know it's like he's just calling it out for the, the we need to watch our wall street right and then you know and and you look at who they favor and i get it the podiums are are kind of designed to be to, to be set on on who's polling the highest however you know for me i i, I guess you can call me a little confirmation bias just because i i'm voting i, I believe in andrew yang it's like he got I think he was he spoke a total of possibly 12 minutes between all three debates. Yeah. I'm sure there's there's got to be a breakdown. Uh, yeah, it's like going to be a breakdown, but I think he's he, I think he averaged he, I think he got like 3 minutes of speaking time in the first debate. I think he got about 8 minutes of speaking time in the second debate and I think it's it's somewhat similar. You know, what would be, just, I think it would be great uh just as a suggestion going further uh for future debates. This won't ever happen, but you know, it's just like have a round table. Yeah. You know, debates where they all sit there and like they have to like buzz for their turn 
um but they all you know i think just give her the moderators i think that'd be that'd be great Anyway, yeah, I know, so, but it's, yeah, because it, yeah, it's just the moderators. I, I don't know because it's a lot of the times, it's, and 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 they're trying to speak right, and and they're just not listening to anybody. So it's like my favorite is like they're talking, and I'm trying to listen, but you're um, uh, Sen- senator, uh, Sen- senator, Sen- senator, senator, yeah. senator, senator, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, thank you, senator. But no, thank you. Okay, no, thank you. It's Your like, time okay. is up. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh my god, I was like, yeah. maybe there should just be like some big dude is like, hey, if you go over your time, I'm gonna slap you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like I don't want to be slapped. So it's I just like probably... ten big dudes. <laughs> and you know, I love that moment when when Joe Biden was like, well, everybody else gets to go over their time. Damn it, I'm gonna do it too. You yeah, know? I'm just like, all right, get him, Biden. Yeah. Like, there's a little feist. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing too. I, I kind of acknowledge about these candidates here is. Everybody was like, oh, this is the first time that Warren and Biden are going to be on the stage together. You know, like they're oh, about sure. to go at it. Yeah. Not even close. I mean, yeah. Biden, however. What did they separate him? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But they just didn't come at each other. I mean, Julian Castro, he went at Biden hard. And I don't necessarily know if that was the right move to make. Um, I don't he's know. trying to follow like uh, Harris's steps, I bet, from the last debate. Yeah, but even failed. more so, it's just like, oh, you forget what you just said two minutes ago? You just forget me. Oh, I can't believe that. I can't believe you. For, you're going to run for president. You forget what you said two minutes. Just like straight up like that. Everybody on Twitter was like, oh, that was a little harsh. Like, maybe don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe you just... Uh, it makes you, know, you look calm. like an asshole. Yeah, it yeah. does. Like, I, I get what the point that you're trying to make here, but it just, just does kind of make you look like a dick. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you know, other standpoints where, where you know... The whole context of this debate is everybody's generally roughly saying similar stuff. Yeah. And they're arguing over these micro kind of examples of, of what they're talking about. But, like, I want to kind of go down the route of healthcare for for a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And what do you think? So I don't think anybody deserves healthcare. I know that. I just meant <laughs> rhetoric in the sense of, yeah. like, I, I had a problem with this, 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 like, we are ripping Healthcare away from millions of Americans. Well, like that John Delaney move from last debates. Was that John Delaney? I think well, so. I don't know. John Delaney is also like, and I was t- laughing to Ian. I'm like, look, this this is going to be very harsh, and I apologize about this. However, they were my funny notes, so I was taking regular notes, and then I'll just throw in a few funny notes. I'm just like, I wrote, John Mulaney is kind of a douche. <laughs> um, you know, and then I wrote, yeah, just, just a few other stuff. But it was Tim Ryan. It was Tim Ryan who was really trying to bring that point home. And it was just... And I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it it just it cracks me up because they are so focused. And this is why I want to talk about it, because it just cracks me up. They're so focused on this idea of aggravating people because we are ripping the private health care away from them that they have chosen or that their employer has chosen. And that is fundamentally wrong. Now, I, I, I want to kind of go into this a little bit between you and I, because the similar that you see between these candidates is you have the Warren and Biden, sorry, Biden, you have the Warren and Bernie kind of approach where it's like, no, it, it's not wrong. They're ripping people off. And like, it's not about insurance companies, it's about healthcare. And so you claim that we're ripping something, but we're basically giving it. It's not, it's not taking away. It's a substitution. You know what I mean? And so I just think that that's one thing that you have that school. But then you have the other people that are like, I cannot believe that you would take away an American's choice. Now, I know that I'm sounding really, really against that. Mm-hmm. And this is why you're here, Ian. Because yeah, it is. It is why yeah. I'm here. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, here's this the thing, is why I, mean, I want to get into this yeah, with you, with because I know we have different beliefs here. Just And just in this one particular context yeah. of, of, in, of the freedom of choice here is yeah. what we're kind of getting I at. I mean, here's the thing. I, healthcare is a weird issue. Uh, I think that... You know, whether, uh, yeah, it's complicated. I, you know, I, I think personally that, you know, if you, 
want to protect yourself, then that's up to you. You know, when it comes to any kind of health issues, whether it's precondition, you know, uh, conditions you already have moving forward, what have you. Uh, but in the current state of healthcare in America, obviously there was a big push from the left for uh, state-run healthcare. You know, single-payer healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people want to run on a sort of Canadian model, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, there's a lot more resources given for uh, healthcare, and you can pretty much go into uh, go into a doctor anywhere and just, just walk out, you know, totally free, right? You know, get whatever you need. Now, of course, a lot of people, uh, when they criticize that, they're like, well, that, what is that fucking socialism? You know, like what, uh, what emphasis or sorry, what, um, yeah, why, socialism. why would the doctors, you know, like even do anything like, well, how good can it really be? And so it's like, okay, that's not really a fair argument. Also, Canada is a much different, um, and that, I actually think that's where something we should really look into is like Canada has a much different economy than we do. They don't have this gigantic military that we do. They can afford also their values, I think, are aligned uh, towards healthcare much more than the American public, obviously. Um, but I think that when it comes to individual choice here, I think there can be a compromise, you know, for 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 lack of anything better, you know. Single payer healthcare is great in theory if we have the money to do it and if we can get the best deals for for the American public. I think right now, yeah, you know what Sanders and uh, and Warren say is that people are being ripped off and they're not getting the best deal for their health coverages. That may be true, uh, but. Honestly, I think that we could find a better way to like still let people choose their health care, but hold those health care uh, providers accountable for making sure that people are getting the best deals necessary. Because I just think that, again, taking away people's choice, I know that sounds, you know, sort of reactionary conservative uh, view here is taking away people's choice of health care. I do think that people should be able to, I mean, and granted, if honestly, if we're being, if we're being honest here, part of what the affordable health care, honest. yeah, honestly, if we're being honest, I'd like to speak honestly. Uh, if, if we look actually at what goes on with the affordable health care act, um, and healthcare.gov, one of the things it does is helps you pick your health care. Okay. So and, this- you know, as far it's not, a, it's not a public option, but it gives you it, uh, it selects deals for you to, in order to choose. And I, and I actually like that idea as far as a government funded program to help you pick your health care that you pay for. Sure. So, so here's the that, thing. Yeah. I, I think that the, the rhetoric of taking your choice away is, is completely misleading because it's, it's not about taking your, so you say this, take your health care choice. Well, where's the choice? It's not about health care. It's about insurance companies. That's the choice. Like, this is the thing that kind of irks me, like, yeah. to my core and the things that makes me passionate. People want, so, for example, the whole idea, the debate, the people that are, like, pro-individual choice, they're like, well, yeah, these unions are, are, are fighting for workers to have their choice of health care. No, they're not. The unions are fighting to get their workers health care. It is about the health care, not the bureaucracy of what insurance company I'm going to choose. What deductible am I going to pay? What paperwork do I have to fill out? What surgery are they going to tell me yes or no on? So... You were talking about choice of healthcare. What we're really talking about is I want to choose maybe an insurance company that's going to be more open to to uh, to actually backing the surgeries that I want to get done. We're not going to say it's cosmetic. Uh, we're not sure. going to do that. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is like what insurance company do is it stops you. It puts a barrier between you and your healthcare. It puts this 
this paperwork barrier, this, this, this barrier of what's the first thing the hospitals say when you walk in there? Are you covered? Are you insured? Like, that's what we care about. Mm, it's not the first, uh, it's not the first. Well, thing that's I my mean, experience. Yeah. I guess I, I just went to the, I've been to the hospital the past, you know, three times I've been there. The, the first thing when I walked into my surgery is how are you going to pay for this? Like, that's literally was the first question out of their mouth to me. Um, and so like what I think is like was misleading here is they're so focused on taking people's choice away for, for what insurance they want. But I'm like, no, that is an obstacle. So I view an insurance company as a roadblock. So if you take away that roadblock, I then have freedom of choice to choose what doctor I want, what, what surgery I want to go do, what maybe that I want. I have the freedom of choice as into what healthcare that I would yeah, like to yeah. have. I, so do I you see where yeah, I'm no, I absolutely at? see where you're coming at. I guess I think that because of how expensive healthcare is just in general like let's forget about insurance companies for a second i mean think about i mean how much was your surgery to get uh, on your head it was 852 dollars not including the bill i'm going to get in the mail from the surgeon or the bill i'm going to get in the mail from the anesthesiologist gotcha okay so with all of that in mind how much did you have to pay out of your deductible i mean did that all of it my deductible is two thousand dollars Okay. For my work Got- provided insurance. Okay, gotcha. So with that being said, don't you think if you didn't have health insurance to cover a portion of your bill that you'd be paying even more? As of now, it doesn't make a difference. For this particular because example, of how- because of how like lesson it is, look, I see what you're saying. However, again, if we were on a single-payer system, it's not even a problem. So what I'm trying to tell you is there's a few things to look well, at Well, the, the cost is still there. Right, but here's the thing, though. Already, if you get health insurance... So first of all, I agree with if you get health insurance from your employer, it does a few things. First of all, it truncates you to, to be with that company, right? Because that's where your health insurance is. Uh, truncate's the wrong word. I keep saying that word. Yeah, I love I know, that I word, know. but it's not the right yeah. word. I'm going to I'm gonna correct myself because that's a terrible Please word to it. use. Yeah. So the better word that I'm going to use is I think that it almost it almost locks you in in a certain way. Like you you feel locked in from the sense of like if you have good health care from your employer, like if you don't, you, know, you want, that is a perk that you don't want to lose. And that's a perk that might keep your job. Of course. However, yeah, yeah. they have the right to change it, whatever they do. They still take a portion of your check for it. Yeah. And so on average, you know, most people, some people might even pay less if more people are pitching in. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a yeah, reality there. Yeah. The second reality is how much money do the taxpayers already pay? Because when somebody goes into the emergency room and they're not covered, that comes out of our tax dollars. So how many billions of dollars have our tax money is spent on people that are already not covered? Oh, sure. That are yeah, going yeah. in there. So yeah. for example, that would get rid of that. Yeah. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't, our tax dollars would not be going to covering all the people that are already getting care that don't have insurance. And lastly, I think too, you have to look at what causes health risks. Like how cheap is it to buy processed food or, or these businesses that are promoting things like, you know, fast food, like the, these commercials that are promoting us to eat these fast foods or, or the, these foods that we know are innately not good for our health yeah. that we're still impulsed to, to buy and get. And we we blanket this under this choice, which I get it. Like I, I I understand in the freedom of choice, and I might be able to look at and do that. But however, people are not being valued. Education's not valued, so people are easily manipulated. So if I live, if I grew up, if I biologically, my biological luck put me in a in a, in a poverty poor family, and I grew up eating top ramen with high sodium and eating stuff like this. And, and because I didn't have a choice just as a kid, that's just what I was fed, what my parents had fed me. And now I move in and I have a medical condition, you know, because of that, 
Did I ask for that? Maybe not. So I'm just saying that like there are so many complexity that that, that are deep in this. Uh, yes, you yeah. know, or being born with with yeah. with a disease, or or having all the all these stuff, or just like you know, just the game that insurance companies play. Like this battle of of certain insurance companies not wanting to 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 insure people that that have pre existing conditions. Yeah. Also, the thing that I see too on top of the pre existing condition problem is you have you have to look at the numbers. 70% of, of, the American, of the American people would fall into poverty or, or not be able to, to cover a medical bill. Yeah. You look at how many campaigns on GoFundMe are to, to fund medical expenses uh, for any sort of surgery, cancer treatment, things like that. And then lastly, I think, you know, only in America, we, you talk about, uh, you know who uh, Leon Lenderman is? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, uh, Lederman, I believe, uh, pronounce it wrong. But he won the oh. Nobel Peace Prize in 1988 uh, for, for physics. And, and basically in 2015, he passed away, uh, no, no, in 2015, he passed away in 2018 on October 4th of 96, October 3rd, sorry, 96 years old. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And gotcha. the reason yeah. why he's, he's prevalent is because in 2011, he started to have memory loss. And uh -huh. so he started to, to basically get medical help, uh, healthcare yeah. to, to kind of combat that problem. And he just started to have more progressive problems and started to go. Well, long story short is he... In 2015, he ended up selling his Nobel Peace Prize uh, for six hundred or six seven thousand. Oh my God, seven hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Okay, that was rough to get through. Yeah. But he sold his Nobel Peace Prize to pay for his medical bills, and he still passed away. Yeah. Um, and now I know that he may have done that anyway. But like you just yeah. you have somebody selling their Nobel Peace Prize to pay for healthcare. It just tells me that whatever we're doing now. It appears that it's not working for a lot of working Americans. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, that's fair, Josh. I, I just think that despite our healthcare staying private or moving to a public healthcare, I mean, the costs still don't go away. And I just think that the way our economy is situated now, of course, like this is just me being realistic. This is not me fair being enough. idealistic. Fair enough. I, I, I that our our military budget is so goddamn huge. Mm -hmm. It's fucking bloated. It's And it's what we bloated. value in this country is certainly not healthcare and it is certainly not education. And I just think that if we were to turn that over into a completely public endeavor, then we would we just wouldn't be able to fund it all. And I considering you know, now granted there's a lot of just like low cost uh healthcare issues that be you know, like, oh I need to get a flu shot or I sure. I have a cold I or I need to get this antibiotic, whatever it is. Um but then there are also all these other medical issues that are persistent, you know, for chronic patients. And it just seems to me that those costs will add up and I just am not sure how we square that circle. Sure. Because there's, you know, cause you have an economic element of where your economic status is that, yeah. that plays a big role in your health. Because yeah. if you, if you're worried about money, it means you probably have higher stress, which leads to higher blood pressure, which could lead to problems there. And massive amounts of stress for a long period of time has negative health effects. Also like, you know, weight, we have a weight problem in America. Um, oh God, don't say that. No, and I'm not saying that in like in a, in a negative way. I, 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 look, if you are empowered, so I was following the Bill Maher. I know that, but I meant yeah. like if you are empowered with who you are, I don't have a problem with that. Like if that's who you are and you feel confident that I'm talking about people that you know, like for example, my you know my aunt who was told that if she has another kid, it's going to kill her, you know, because of of her weight or cardiovascular disease How that kills people. Uh, she is early 30s. Jesus. 
So yeah. I'm so when I, I I'm just saying that like what I mean by that is 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 it does show that it has led to, led to health problems. I'm of talking course. about of course yeah, yeah. So I'm just talking about this in in the, in the specific context of of potential health problems. Yeah. And here you have preventative care too. Like if you don't have insurance and you don't and you don't want to go to the doctor, or if you don't want to have to pay bills or like for me, I dreaded going to the doctor because I don't know how much it's going to cost. Somebody can be honest with me. Like it's just a headache. Yeah. And how much paperwork you have to jump through. It's just. I just feel that like, for example, there could be theoretically here, like if we had all had access, if a single payer healthcare, we all had access to healthcare and we weren't afraid to go to the doctor because we weren't worried about cost, maybe preventative, maybe we would be better about preventing oh, these, yeah, yeah. these type yeah, of things. Or maybe that would lower costs. Yeah, yeah. uh, and, you know, and we have to understand that, you know, as far as that's why I believe in, 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 you know, the dirty word of a socialistic kind of ideology is like, look, does, do people enjoy the roads we drive on? I bet they do. Um, that's all, that's all we all pitch in and we all, I don't because they're fucking shitty and we don't value infrastructure in this country. Right. But what I'm saying though, is like, (laughs) look, if we valued a sense of, of, of more, you know, for example, the, the, one of the things I'll say before we keep moving on about the debates, because I do want to focus on that is that, you know, this one person was like, Oh, do, do, do Germans even have, you know, uh, national pride anymore? And this, Germans. Yep. And this one German guy was like, no, we do. We just don't do it the American way. We just don't, you know put flags on everything and, and, and just have this, you know, pretentious self, the yeah. self view. He goes, yeah. we show pride by everybody agreeing as a, as a culture to raise our own taxes, to provide these benefits for, for more people. That's how we show our pride and our people, you know, and that, and so I, I kind of really valued that answer of like, you know, no, no, we, we, we want to take pride as Americans, as people that live in the system, not necessarily whatever this, this this ideological idea of what you think America is. Yeah, I mean that's what a socialist would say. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's. But no, a- I, I see. I see why that that is like. I mean that is a. I mean you know that's a better way to look at it because honestly, in what we're doing here, it's clearly going down a path of. Uh, I mean, as we'll see, I think in our upcoming episode number twenty seven, we'll we'll get into why. Uh, the culture is as toxic. Exactly. But the, but the reason um, why we, you know, healthcare is important is because this, the things that you and I just debated were like that. The, these are, these are, these are differences, you know, yeah. within, within the healthcare reform plans of yeah. the, of these presidential candidates. And that's why you have people like Bernie. Who's like, yes, I understand that the military has conflated spending. And I understand that, you know, people don't pay taxes and certain stuff or there's loopholes uh, for certain businesses to not pay their part. And I, I agree with that. I think that, like, look, if, if I, as a middle class citizen, have to pay taxes and there's no loophole for me around that, then I just think that, like, look, if it's going to, if taxes are going to exist, then they should at least exist, exist fairly for all of us. You know, if that's just the way it is. If I got to pay it, then you got to pay it. We, we may not be happy about it, but you know what? We're in this together. It reminds me of, like, initiation ceremony. Yeah, welcome. You know, that's what it's been to be American. Yeah, pay your t- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm never running for president yeah. because it's never going to stick. No, definitely um, not. But, yeah. but, you know, but moving forward, I just I feel that you have, you know, Biden's got more of a extremely moderate, you know, take on that about he's got that option. Oh, but yeah, I think trying to take the Obama route. Right. And then there's certain other people like I think Julian Castro also is, is kind of on the, in the mind frame of like he wants everybody to have it. But there's also stipulations there. And then you have Budacek, who's like, you know. He's like, look, I think that we should trust the American people, so you should give them an option, a buy-in option and a public option. And if people love the public option, they'll all migrate towards that. However, I just think that the the, the talking point around this this idea of taking a choice away is not about taking the choice of healthcare. It's about the choice of insurance companies. This is really what it boils down to. Because either situation, oh, yeah. you're going to have access to healthcare. 
Yeah. I just think one provides more access to healthcare and the other provides more access to choosing your insurance company. That's kind of where I think that this is. But the rhetoric to me is just the whole idea of ripping apart or doing this. It's just, it's kind of interesting, but let's kind of move on when they start talking about gun control, because I don't know if you heard, but Beto O'Rourke. Oh, I heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is some huge controversy going on in that. So, but the gun yeah. owner in the room here, let's go ahead and start talking about the, the, the gun debate and, and how you have obviously, Oh, you called me gun owner. I thought you called me the governor for a second. Uh, the, governor <laughs> the governor in the room. room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, with that mustache, probably the, you know, the governor of the, of 1920s. Yeah. <laughs> You're good, Gad. You gotta, yeah. you gotta vote for me, Shane. You gotta vote for me. You see, I'll give you the best bitches. What? What are you? What are you? What are you? What are you Luigi? Are you Mario? What are you doing? No, that was not. It's like what? a derivative Italian accent you're doing there. Well, okay. I don't know if it's derivative. I, 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 I don't. Know. I'm not Italian yeah. at all. So. Oh my god! And this politics not about how good you are. It's who you know. All right, let's get back on topic here. Um, you just have too many like little lines that you've stolen. You know, I so. love him. Love him. <laughs> but no, as far as because you have moderate, you know, you have moderates up there that are, that are obviously acknowledging that guns are a problem, but they're they're right. obviously you know you have more you have more kind of sense stuff. You have you know you have uh, Gillibrand and um, not Gillibrand Klobuchar. Yeah. And the thing with Klobuchar is she, I think it's Klobuchar. I think it's how she pronounced it. Yeah. But she like that one, I think it's the second debates when she starts, you know, talking about rich kids and like judging them for education. And then, she, and, and then the gun debate, she, she, she just has interesting kind of stances on stuff. And, and for me, she's, I know what she's doing. She's trying to show confidence in who she is, but to me, I just can't help. I just don't like the narcissism in politics. And it's for lack of a better word, because I know be that fair, they're not... You have to be a, a narcissist to run for politics. Right. So, like, for me, it's, it's, I don't have a better word for it, because I don't think it's direct narcissism. I just think that, like, they're trying to show that they would be the best quality by talking about things they've done. But, like, for me, I, I'm about the ideas, so maybe this is just an, this, this is a, a personal opinion or an yeah. anecdotal opinion. Yeah, yeah. But I just, you know, people that are like, well, I've done this, and I've done this, and I have ran this country, and I have this. And I'm like, okay, well, like, that's great. You're trying, anything, yeah. trying to sell yourself. That's great. Yeah. However, that means nothing because you haven't been the president and it's a different ball game. It's like, look, that's great what you did in the minors, but once you move into the major leagues, it's different gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, why don't we yeah, we'll chat about Beto O'Rourke's uh yes. gun thing. Um I think we are getting close on time. Okay. Uh that we're gonna uh start wrapping up here soon. But I think <laughs> yeah, Beto, man, uh Gun swinging. Fiery. Gun swinging. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah. Very fiery language. I mean, he, I mean, what did he say? He's like, we're going to take your AR-15s and your assault rifles. Well, the one your, moment um, is they said, so the, 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 um, the, narr- or the, whoever was, was, I can't remember which one said it, but they were like, so you're saying that, you know, even if they wouldn't be for it, even if they wouldn't do the buyback, you would still take the, their 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 AK forty sevens for them, and he goes, yeah. "Hell yeah, I'm going to take their AK forty sevens." That was that's the yeah that's yeah. the moment that riled a lot of people up, right? Yeah, and it's you know, and he did. There was a uh, a town hall meeting too, where there was a woman who confronted him about that. Um, if I can find the video, I'll put it in the show notes. But it was basically he he reiterated on that note, and a woman came up and be like, "Look, I'm uh, a single woman. I live alone. I live in uh, in a." kind of hard community where there's lots of crime and I'm, I can't protect myself physically. I just can't. And so the only way to protect, to protect myself, apparently she has been uh, threatened before from what it sounded like is with a gun. What do you say to people like me? 
And he didn't really have a good answer. Well, it's you know? interesting because I don't like what I, you know. Because for me, I, I just look. The, 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 I, 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 don't, I don't see a sound argument for AK-47, like for any sort of, of weapons of that nature. Because, like, for example, you know, I, my neighbor has a beautiful gun collection. And he, he showed me other stuff. And, you know, he's trying to tell me. So the pitch here is like, oh, well, yes, it might be a, a weapon of war. However, it's the most effective weapon to protect my family, you know, to protect everything that's going on. And, you know, first of all, like, I again... I don't think the world is as threatening as, you know, maybe it's portrayed because we just see micro examples of what's happening. So I mean, I think it is with language like Beto uses. Yeah, probably. But I think at the end of the day, though, here, it's like, look, for example, they make a new they make a new attachment. Right. So it's this uh, what he showed me. It's an optical attachment that goes uh, just under the barrel of your pistol and it creates a strobe light effect. Yeah. Where it'll blind whoever you're pointing your gun at. So where they cannot identify like they can't see so if they have a gun they won't be able to shoot if they try to attack and it gives you the upper advantage in that situation so it's like the arguments i've seen for assault rifles um they're not really assault rifles so we'll just call them ar-15s or or weapons of that variety um it's more of the this concept of it's the most effective self-defense so why would i take a lesser gun when i can have the best self-defense choice yeah when i would argue that there are there are like attachments or there are things out there that are not extended clips that actually do provide maybe a stronger sense of protection so for her like you know what's the thing of getting a pistol and having that pistol on you for self-protection like yeah. is that you know or you know for 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 hunting rifles or for shotguns like i don't have a problem with that i i i'm a common sense gun law man i think that we understand, I think, universal background checks. There should be registering. If you want to own a gun, you should have to jump through a few a few hoops. It's just... it's. I mean, yeah. I, you know, and it's powerful. They're, they're very powerful, and yeah. power should have a level of responsibility. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah as, 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 as our listeners can reference our episode, what was it, 17, yes. on, on gun ownership in America. Uh, it was a great conversation. Yeah, I just think that, you know, you, you may be common sense, but Beto is not, and most democratic sure. politicians are not. I mean, the thing is, it's like, first of all, there's no such thing as an assault rifle. Right. There just isn't. Um, and secondly, too, he's talking about guns that are legal semi-automatic rifles in America. They're, they are literally no different than any other rifle legal that is not assault style. They're the same thing as hunting rifles or uh, or your handgun that is semi-automatic. They don't fire at any higher rate. They fire as fast as you can pull the trigger. It's as fast as you can pull a tr- is a pistol. It's as fast as you can pull a rifle. There's no difference. The only difference is that there's higher range and it's the amount of power per uh, uh, per round. And of course, uh, when prevent when uh, presented with information on two two three versus a, a thirty out six, Beto work is under the impression that the two two three, which comes out of an uh, uh, of a uh, AR fifteen is more powerful than a 30 out six, which is just not true. A 30 out six is a much bigger fucking bullet, which much more powerful. Well, they're not talking about the, 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 the destructive is, power versus actual. Yeah. And a 30 out six. Yeah. And a 30 out six. We'll go straight every you. time, every like, time. And the thing is, it's like, this is the problem with these, with, with Democrats in general, uh, you know, the democratic politicians, not democratic voters is that they just don't know. They don't know what it is. And so, the problem is when you don't know and you have uh, you're trying to uh, basically play on the rhetoric of fear of mass shootings is that you will legislate people's rights away. And that's what I worry about is like when he comes in, think about it for a second, Josh, when he says, let's see, let's just put it into perspective here. If he becomes president and he keeps on his promise that he will come and take weapons from people by force 
because that's how it's going to happen. You, anytime a, a politician says that, like, oh, we're going to take your guns away, or they say something about gun control, it doesn't even have to be the rhetoric of taking guns away. It could be gun, gun control. Gun sales skyrocket. That's a lot of people in the United States with buying more and more guns and more and more ammunition. Right, so just, when I'm, I'm saying this right. is fucking war that okay, that right. they are instigating, right? But you have to. Okay, so but here's the thing though, and well, I, that's the reality. No, and I get your passion, but I just I don't like our laws are designed where one person messes it up, and now we all have to follow a certain system, and every single thing has been fine. But guns have this this weird like attachment this love and first of all like everybody is so set on the second amendment which i think is interpreted to 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 collecting a militia to go after your government yeah, yeah. so first of all there's there's interpretations left up to that it's, a, yeah. it's an old ass document and we're all trying to interpret what it means and some people means that we have the right to hold guns however you cannot i think my biggest problem is this like responsible gun owners i get it they feel personally attacked however like you know if Republicans are no strangers to fear-mongering. They use it all the time oh, for yeah. several issues. The immigration comes to mind. But they also... <laughs> <Just one thing. laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the biggest one right now because yeah. that's Trump's like flagship policy. But yeah. I, I just think that, too, it's like we have to acknowledge that, that guns are a very dangerous tool. And of they just course. need to be treated... Of course, with, Josh. Because here's the thing, though. Like... Like this might be a wrong comparison, but like you look at what's going on with the vaping crisis right now, right? And you have like six people have, or eight people, I think, I think six to eight people have died, and all of a sudden we're banning vapes. Like certain states <laughs> yeah. are already banning vapes. Yeah. Like how many? How many? Like, and that's from you know obviously people making their own choice, right? Right. So it's like we think about the harm principle. When I give you a gun, and you make the choice to shoot somebody and take their life, you have now taken every choice away from them that they could have ever made. Of course. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're right. Like, don't approach my family. But here's what happens with gun. We have to understand that, like, that even though you have your gun and you will only use it, right, with the intent to harm if you are put in harm's way, if somebody breaks into your home or if these situations. Right. However, since we have freedom in this country, people are taking them and they're making choices that are going to places and shooting people. And unfortunately, I think that like that means that there should be just some sort of regulation on who can uh, on get them and how to move. Now, granted, taking them away, I don't necess- I don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But like you, can't- but that's before the fact. It is before the fact, right? Preventative, correct. And and you and I will find much more agreeance down that route sure. than the latter. And I'm I know, just- and I know you, you're not saying to take away. No, but guns. what I'm saying though, but that's the happen is anytime I've tried to have like, you know, and you're the only one that I've been able to get through, but some of the people that I know that are very passionate about guns, I try to talk to them about maybe gun reform. Yeah. And immediately it's don't take my guns. And they're so pissed off by that thought yeah. that I can no longer have a conversation with them about oh, anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, look, the reason why nothing is getting done, and here's the sad truth, this is my opinion. In my opinion, the reason why we've gotten to the point of these politicians threatening to take guns is because every time we tried to have a civil conversation, a discourse towards that, like there's a freak out, there's a panic. You're right. And that panic is causing no conversation. So the longer we go without a conversation, the longer panic, it's almost manifesting their own destiny. Where I'm going to keep panicking and we can't have like actual civil conversations about it. Then what are they doing? They're saying we're going to take your guns because we can't talk about it. So it's like a weird. Uh, I mean, you're right. But I just think that this will invariably make things worse. Right. I mean, because, you know, think about it. Like, of course. You know, like with people arming themselves, that's 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 asking for that's asking for issues when people are coming to take your guns. But what's worse, I think, is not that there will be a battle back and forth. It's just that millions of people will 
uh, will die. No, sorry, sorry, not millions, thousands, <laughs> thousands of people will, hundreds, two thousands of people will die. Sure, protecting and, and, their guns when police and SWAT and 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 small armed forces are coming in and murdering people. Sure, for just and, and, yeah, yeah, but and I just yeah, we just have to go up there too. It's dangerous, it, and 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 I'm it's you know, and, to talk and again, you way. have to talk about your your personal experiences. So that's like for me, it's just like you know what I talk about when I was you know 16 years old, and you know I've talked about this a little bit in the other podcast, but. You know, my dad made the choice to put a twenty-two pistol in his mouth and he pulled the trigger. That is real. That is serious. And so what I'm telling you is that, like, maybe I'm selfish. Maybe I didn't want him to have that choice. Maybe that's a choice that I wish I could have taken from him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's a choice that he wished he didn't want to do that he got back. Like, so there's, I agree that mental health is an aspect of it. But the thing is, is that we don't even tackle mental health in general. And then they still have access to these things. Right, yeah. And so it, it, it's all, it, it's all kind of interconnected and I agree with you in that sense of maybe like saying we're going to rip it apart, but I also disagree that gun owners or people that are passionate about their guns refuse to have at least a conversation because it is a problem. Like they, like there's no acknowledgement that it is a problem. And I'm just like, you can acknowledge that it's a problem and also feel confident that you don't want your guns taken away because I am acknowledging that it's a problem and also agree that we shouldn't just take people's guns. Right. Right. So let's kind yeah. of like last little finish thoughts yeah. here. Yeah. We're let's, getting close yeah to time. let's get wrap this up. Biden yeah. was definitely uh, trying to come out with all this energy. You can tell because you had Elizabeth Warren. One thing I'll give he her. He knows that he's, he knows that he knows that things him. are starting to come for him and she's starting to grow and she is starting to grow and, and she's now surpassed Biden. And, 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 you know, I have a plan and, you know, I just talked about the New York times, the daily talked about her selfie line and, how she stays and takes selfies with everybody and how smart that is because everybody's posting them on social media. It's like free publicity. And so she's kind of growing in that way. And yes, yeah, she's pulling big she crowds in New York. Campaign manager. She does. Yeah. And so I just think that, you know, she has, you know, just a resonance. And I think it's her fire. She has this fire, you know, and Bernie does too, but she kind of has this more of Bernie's lost it. Well, yeah. it's just, and it's just, I just think that Bernie, I love him, but he just says the same stuff. And I know that it's his talking point and I applaud yeah, him for, for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I applaud him for that. <laughs> but, but like, but that's the thing. You got to find different ways around. Warren is like the next like step. Of right. Bernie basically. Was. Yeah. She's like basically taking similar Bernie talking points and finding a way to, to, to reshape the narrative to make them, to make them intantalizing. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Biden, that's kind of like kind of breaking up. You have Cory Booker, who's trying to hang in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just trying to hang in there. Yeah. You know, and I, I think the like same, people like me. <laughs> yeah. I'm and I, you know, I think it's the same thing with, yeah. with Klobuchar, too. And she's really trying to push her own self-narrative and what she can do. And and I just think that. And then of course, you have my boy, Andrew Yang, who basically said that, hey, um, you I'll know, bribe you to vote for me. Uh, no, yeah, that's not what he's doing. Yeah, but he, he's totally basically is, but. <laughs> I, no, he's, there's no clock. I mean, look, everything's legal. And he's just saying <laughs> sign up for this and you can get, you know, 10. Because here's the thing. This is what push comes just up. People are like I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to call people out. He's going to go. You tell me that, like, you want to fight this a thousand dollars for this freedom day. You want to fight it because you because you think it's, you know, you don't understand it. And a lot of people don't. They don't think further than, you know, oh, this, this and this. Um, for me, I, I think that there's a little deep thought behind it. I, I talk about what the $1,000 a month I think would do is it just it boosts families. It gives them more of the freedom too. you know, we've talked about this before, but I think he wants American families to put their money where their mouth is, where it's like, look, if you really want to know if this policy is going to be good for you, why don't you try it? Try it. If you hate it, then sure. If you like it, great. Like there's no clause. People could try that and go, you know what? I hated that. You know, I'm not going to do that. Now, very unlikely, but it's possible. So you have all these people fighting for their moment on the stage. But, you know, then, of course, you want to talk about Biden was like, oh, the uh, TV. No, I mean, record player. I mean, I mean, this. And, yeah. I mean, I love the old schoolness. <laughs> and, you know, I love the personal moments he had. You know, he did talk about when he talked about losing his wife and, 
and things like that. And I, I just don't think that he's, I, I feel bad Wait, for losing the, his wife. Is his wife dead? You mean his son? No, his first wife. Oh, his first wife. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so like he just, I feel, you know, he's just, I just wish he was my grandpa. You know what I mean? He's just got that. He's just like, he looks like I a guy. That so. want to be a, a he's a bit like of a creepy old grandpa. Well, no, know? I mean, I wouldn't want him to run for president. That's the problem. I feel bad. <laughs> and I know he's tried before and he's trying, but I'm like, bro, like, sorry, dude. It's like, not really. It's not, you know, it's, it's too late. It's, it's a little too late. Like, yeah. I just don't think, I know you're the front runner. That's just because you should, you should have done it in 2016. Probably. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But, yeah. but now, you know, if I had to put my bet on this before we go i'm gonna say that uh you know again it's not a lot was said there was a lot of arguments there were a lot of fighting back and forth until finally they had that moment of like you know what guys let's quit fighting with each other like we have to focus on what's thing there's a lot of you know uh, people that went straight trump i think uh with um kamal harris kamal harris yeah she this round all trump her opening statement, sure. closing stuff, most of her answers, a lot of it was very, very centered on Trump. A lot of them were that way as well. But she, at one point, spoke directly to Trump and said, you know, look, we're coming for you. Now you can go back to watching Fox News, is what she said. Um, you know what I mean? So you yeah. just have that, I mean, too. Trump didn't, definitely didn't watch But here's uh, the problem for me, though. And this, you know, people, this might be an unpopular opinion here, but I think it's actually a bad move to, to attack Trump like that. Yeah. The reason being is, is, is you want to... You want to appease your voters, but also try to get his. Yeah, you don't he, want to alienate Trump voters. He does has a strong base. Yeah. And here's the thing. They go, oh, they're going to say anything about Trump. And for some weird reason, if you talk negatively about Trump, his base doubles down. Oh, yeah. So if they're going to double down like that, that then you mm-hmm, got to find... That's then, our man. Right. So then you got to find a yeah. different way, different approach, maybe maybe something that entices them. And I think that's what I give Andrew Yang like, got a, a lot of credit for. He might get shade for his dividend. However, he is taking an approach of like, look, automation is how, why he thinks Trump won. And this is what he wants to do for everybody. So he's not necessarily attacking Trump or Trump voters. He's trying to find a new avenue to to to, yeah. to bring their focus. Yeah, in. and I mean on that note, I just I mean like you said, I don't think. See, I don't think that these debates are the time to attack they're not, Trump. They're not. It's when it's when you've gotten the nomination. Yes. that's when the, that's right. When the that's time. when you can. And, and 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 I would say that like attacking is easy. It's just like you really yeah. want to get him. Like just you got to be sophisticated. My 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 thing here is like. If you just get so sophisticated in what he's doing, like he's, you're just going to confuse him. He's not going to know what to do. Then if he tries to attack you, it makes him look silly. You know, but you're right. This is still early. We have two more debates coming up. We're on the way to 2020. And then in the next little bit, we're heading into October. So uh, soon we'll, we won't yeah. forget to touch base with Parliament and figure out what's going on with Boris Johnson. So we're, <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of politics coming so up soon. Do you have any so. uh, last, uh, last little second predictions for the next debate? At all? Sure. Um, I believe there's already 12 people for the next debate, so we'll see how it breaks down. It's probably going to be the same sort of silliness. Probably not a lot will be accomplished. The, it'll be really pigeonholed in the narrative of, of, of the questions asked and the answers responses. But um, my prediction is, is I want Andrew Yang to get the nomination. Dang it. I want him because I want to vote for him. However, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I was a betting man, knowing the game show that is our, our American politics, it's, I, I'm going to bet that it's probably going to be Warren versus, versus Trump. Yeah, I, I think that by the next debate, by the 15th of October, um, Warren is going to be at least uh, two or three points behind Biden, if not overtake him in the polls. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see her getting a nomination. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. You know, her Sanders and, and Biden uh, for sure. But yeah, uh, but all right, but well, we'll, we'll, we'll save yeah. uh, some more conversation until next time. Yeah, We'll be in touch. We have a few more debates and I know we'll be hot in this uh, once we get to 2020. So yeah. Okay. So, all right. Bye.
Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, that was the worst ending. Uh, everything that guy just says, bullshit. Thank you.